0: Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. There's been plenty of activity over the last week. Of course, we had the home defeat to Bolton Wanderers at the weekend, and of course, on Monday, the departure of manager Steve McLaren after 11 months in charge. We'll be discussing all that as well as looking ahead to the challenge of facing Lee lead leaders Norwich City at Carra Road this weekend. We'll also be getting the verdict of midfielder Luke Freeman. Thanks for joining us on the Lovecast. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. And there's only one place to start, of course, the departure of Steve McLaren at the start of this week. Um, Since it's obviously always disappointing to see a manager lose their job, any great surprise from your side? Obviously, the the recent run has been a disappointing one.
1: No, no real surprise, given the you know, the, the form and the run of results since New Year's Day, you know, uh, whether you like it or not, you're in a results business. And, um, you know, since New Year's Day, uh, the run we've been on has been horrendous. I certainly didn't see it driving away from Villa Park after we played really well, you know, really good Christmas. Um, didn't see one win and the next 15 coming, you know. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, it's always, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's always sad when you see your manager go, certainly someone like Steve, you know, worked his socks off you know, very professional, very thorough. Um, but as I say, unfortunately, we're in a results business and uh, the club have acted.
0: Like you say, it is a results business and 15 games, one win, four draws and 10 defeats. It tells its own story. It's, it's almost hard to believe it's, a, it's the same side that, that, as you say, we're doing so, so well um, in September, October time.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I sit after games when I'm driving home a little bit you know, deflated by the result or whatever and I'm, you try and pick the bones out and see what's been the change, you know, but uh, I was just doing a little bit yesterday, you know, we had a horrendous start the season, well documented where we lost four in a row, but uh, steady the ship, end of August, September, 10 points from four games, a brilliant October, you know, four wins and a draw. November, you beat your local rivals where you blow them away in a 20-minute spell, get a couple of points away from home, takes you into December, and from December, mid-December through on New Year's Day, Again, you know, 11 points from five games and you're sitting there, you're two, three points outside the playoffs uh, and thinking, you know, just just keep in there and give us a chance in sort of mid-march the dream. Mm. Unfortunately, it's gone the other way.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is the... I suppose everyone's asking the question, how has that happened, where it's such a different spell of form over a consistent period as well. Like, like you say, when we had that... Good run of results in september october it wasn't over three four five games over 11 games we picked up 23 points there was yep. a real consistent run of form and like you say, we got right onto the edge of the playoffs and it seems every time we had a game to potentially break into the playoffs we'd we'd come up short of results would go against us and then unfortunately it, it just completely turned
1: yeah i've sat you know certainly over the weekend you know um I was as disappointed as anyone if not more so with what i saw at the weekend certainly the result performance if you like but if you look from new year's day onwards quite a few factors you could put into the mix you know injuries to the key players rangel and cameron although i would counteract that by saying they got injured early december we went five games without them and picked up good results you know over the christmas period so they've been missed personally don't think they should have been missed as much as they have been so there's one you know we've made in this run we've made a lot of costly individual mistakes we've conceded a lot of early goals so when you're when you're in a bad run of form that's the last thing you want middlesbrough away you're chasing the game after two minutes Mm. you know west brom at home you've won down after four Wigan away you're one down after seven minutes you know you i always felt we were chasing the game yes uh there's been some bit of bad luck along the way. You know, some decisions have gone against us. Yeah,
0: particularly in February we had against Wigan. We had, I think it was the Ryan Manning shot from the edge of the box. And then afterwards, thinking it's a penalty at the time is one thing. Afterwards, hearing from the referee's assessor, you should have had a penalty there. That's frustrating. The next game was Birmingham City. Obviously, Naki Wells had the penalty right at the end. And then afterwards, we get told by the referee's assessor, yeah, there was major encroachment. Naki Wells should have been (laughs) asked to retake that penalty. Um, Then we had
1: Bristol Bristol City. There was another
0: late penalty. And you think... Wow, it so there was certainly a period where we things just went didn't get yeah. did we? Yeah,
1: rubber the green and sometimes when you're struggling that happens. You know, you you know, we're all watching the telly at the weekend, Liverpool are flying and they get a slice of lot right in the last minute to win the game. Mm. Seems to go for the team, so we're in form and doing well. But um, you know, things did go against us. We had a super win against Leeds. I thought, right, let's come on, that's us. That's what we're all about, that's what we're capable of, that's the good side that we are. That's the individuals that we've got. You know, you're, you're looking at that to kick on. Um, the very next game, you go to Brentford, you put in that type of performance, that type of result. And from them, what it looked like to me, give or take 20 minutes up at Hull, we never really recovered from that. You know, you look at Stoke at home. Uh, the very next game, you're looking for a reaction after Brentford. They get down to 10 men after seven, eight minutes. We struggle to muster a chance. Rodham was a killer result for me. Um, you go to Hull, and I've said on this platform last week. You know, I was looking for to take the positives from that last twenty minutes into the next game. We're expected to beat Bolton with what, everything they've gone through, and that one goes against us. So um, yeah, it's just been really, really, really frustration. Listen, everyone at the football club's hurting at the moment. We're wounded, you know. But uh, it's a time now where decisions are being made players, staff, off the field. Everyone needs to roll their sleeves up. We're in a fight. You know, people might not like to hear that, but I'm saying we're in a fight. We got to get some points to make sure we're okay and not rely on other teams.
0: Do you think, it? I mean, we're eight points clear, seven games to go, but you think the mindset needs to be, don't don't be assuming that we've got enough points. Don't be assuming that the points will just somehow end up on the board from those seven games.
1: Well, the reason I say that, we took six and 15 games. If we were winning games, I'd say, you know what, couple of wins and we'll be okay. Mm. You suddenly start to think, where's your wins coming from? Um, I think other teams have got some tough, tough fixtures, but I don't don't want us as a club to be relying on anyone else. Let's go and get the job done. Let's take care of our business. Let's get the job done so we're not looking over our shoulders. Almost two years ago, you know, we beat Rotherham 18th of March 5-1 to go to 50 points. We then lost six in a row. And had to beat Forest on the mm. last home game of the season to ensure safety. Yeah, don't want that the last. Don't want to play nuts Forest again on the 27th of April. <laughs> Haven't to win to ensure. You know, uh, so destiny's in our ha- own uh, in our own hands. Got a tough one at the weekend, but let's take care of business.
0: Let's turn to what our social media
1: guru. Oh, no. um,
0: <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Uh, Wato We've we've spoken quite a lot on this platform about the the way the the fans have been incredibly patient during what has been a a really disappointing run of results and I suppose the the last two home games in particular, Rosram and Bolton losing both against two teams that are in the relegation zone, that was, um, it was difficult to come back from it, if you like.
2: Yeah, completely. I mean, I think um, just listening to since going through all all the results that we've had and I think we and the fans, you know, over February, it was just such a tough month because of all the fixtures and everything that you know seemed to be going against us like we were saying penalty decisions last minute goals and then you've got no time to to recover and we thought Mm. you know looking at the the fixture list pinned up on the wall you know we were looking at March thinking right let's forget February let's get back on track and you know like we said the the Leeds win and the performance that came with it I think we and you know the fans thought brilliant right that's what we can do let's, you know, kick on now from from now until the end of the season. And, yeah, you're looking at March and, you know, we were looking at Stoke, Rotherham and Bolton at home and I think we all thought, and the fans thought, right, OK, you know, forget February, we'll get points on the board, let's, you know, Stoke a similar position to ourselves, not winning many games. Rotherham and Bolton certainly, you know, in and amongst the the bottom three and you're, you're certainly targeting those home games as winnable of, games certainly winnable games and um, yeah after after Rotherham um, you know going behind and as, as Andy said you know another game where we were ch- having to chase it got it back to 1-1 but it's a game that you know we, we you know everyone's thinking we should be the ones you know comfortably in front if anything and then to lose that one with you know the last kick of the game um, just added to it and then you go into Bolton and like Andy said you know after Hull where you know that second half performance and everyone saw the the spirit and you thought right okay it's still there you know let's 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 convert that with a a much improved performance against Bolton and yeah it just didn't materialise and um, you ended you know you had the same feeling at the end of the Bolton game as you did at Rotherham and suddenly from two games where you thought you know we should be not that you take games lightly by any stretch of the imagination we as, as we found out but. I think certainly, yeah, the fans, if you looked at those two games, you would you'd have been disappointed not to come away with six points. And somehow you, you're scratching your head and you haven't got a single one from either of them.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And it's now John Eustace who's taken over, temporary charge of first team affairs. Um, of course, management isn't something he's unfamiliar with. He cut his teeth at Kidderminster, so spent two years there before becoming part of Stephen McLaren's backroom team here at Loftus Road last summer. And in that two years with Kidderminster in the uh, Conference North, two seasons, he got to the playoffs both times. And they finished uh, second in his first season, fourth in his second season. I just had a look to see where they are this season. And this season, they're out of the playoffs in eighth. So uh, John Eustace is certainly um, getting a a growing reputation as a a young up-and-coming manager himself. Um, So it would be interesting to see how... He approaches this interim period
1: well he'll be has been as disappointed as anyone with the decision because steve ultimately brought him to the club and given this fantastic opportunity but we've seen it time and time again you know the football can be very unforgiving it can be quite cruel it can be not quite just it can be all of all, all of those sort of things you know but john will be he'll be professional he's been given the task of taking us forward, whether it's for one game, three games, till the rest of the season. So he'll give it his his best shot with the best interests of the club at heart. Knows the players, Uh, obviously he's worked under Steve where Steve will have the final decision, but John might want to tweak things slightly his own way. Um, I don't know, but you know what? He's running our football club. He's running our football team. Let's get behind him for however long he's in charge. We wish him the best. And ultimately he's got to prepare the team this week to go out at Norwich you know you might say what's Norwich going to be like you know I think it's a really great game for us to play you might laugh at that and say well they won seven in a row which we'll come to in a while you know how uh, can that be a great game no one gives us a prayer at the weekend so whether he says that of the players you know he'd be approaching on the training ground make it difficult at the weekend but let's get behind them because we need results.
0: Well looking back briefly on the um the result at the weekend, a defeat at home to Bolton, a, a 2-1 loss. Um, just coming to you first, since just your your thoughts on the performance. It was a disappointing one, and like what I alluded to earlier, having come back from two-nil down up at Hull to get back to 2-2, there was a feeling that sort of momentum was building and was with us to take into that game. But you'd have to say I thought we started the game well, and um, we created a couple of chances. Josh going notably hitting the post, but then once Bolton scored, it was a it was a sense of not, not again, are we gonna get back from this? So, I mean, I, I, I did think we were unfortunate to find ourselves a goal down, but not able to turn it around.
1: Yeah, goal was against the runner play, I'm like you. Yeah, I thought we started quite brightly uh, without really, really working the goal kit, but flashed a couple of crosses across the six yard box, you know, and built up a little bit of pressure. But you know, it was almost like, as soon as the goal went in and I can fully understand why I've been on runs myself, you know, when things are going against you, you concede against the runner play almost. It's almost like, yeah, here we go again. Mm. Psyche gets into you. You know, don't have to be a rocket science. Confidence within the group is really, really low. That comes from a, a run of games from a period of time. Run of results, you can see it, you can feel it. You no know, individual performance of dip, both from game to game, but sometimes during games, half to half. There lies one of the problems. Um, so, yeah, there was a... Overall, it was a disappointing performance. Started quite well, finished quite well, but it was almost too late when we um, were trying to claw the game back. Nelly did again, mm. but um, wasn't to be. And
0: that's why we have to be careful, uh, What I suppose, listening to Sincere and what he was saying earlier about, you know, we have been on a this run of picking up very few points, not to assume that the, the points are just going to jump onto the board. Like we've just played Bolton at home and we've lost that game. And you, you look at the games coming up, you look at Norwich, you look at. Millwall away, Millwall are down there fighting for their lives and they have been all season so their mentality is all about a relegation dock fight we have to be careful that if by the end of coming away from the den we don't find ourselves really in the mix
2: yeah definitely I mean we spoke to Since before as we do every game and I, um, I think we said you know about not taking um, Bolton lightly and you know you, you talk about Bolton being down there and fighting for their lives and that's you know I, I guess in a similar sort of way to us going to Norwich this weekend, you know Bolton, you know were you know a few points adrift, and they've kind of got to give everything. They've got nothing to lose because people are expect writing them off. You know with all, everything going off on off the pitch, and I know, think they've
0: got Ipswich this weekend as well. Right. So, so I think, certainly feel they can build momentum if yeah. they can get a result there. And I
2: think anyone you know would have thought, well Bolton, you know looking at the league table, you know they're they're all but all but relegated. Mm. They've got everything, all the troubles off the pitch, but you know you could see from their fans you know suddenly they've got a, a win that you know they possibly weren't expecting and suddenly they're thinking "Well, oh, do you know what get another win and we're we're right back in there and yeah. you know they they probably looked at someone like us on the form that we were in and thinking well do you know what they can't seem to get a win from anywhere if we if we can get a win here and suddenly you know like you say we've then got Millwall who are in a similar position you know and then if they were you know if results go against us and suddenly like you say we won't be far away from getting." getting sucked into it and what we don't want is, as again since mentioned was what happened two years ago where you know in March we looked coasting we had a big win and suddenly you know we seemed to kind of take mm. a foot off the, the gas and suddenly we were going into that Forest game you know it's probably the, the, the most nervous I've been at a QPR game <laughs> for the last couple of years and we certainly <laughs> don't want to you know there's just no need because from what you know it, as we've talked about you know it's been such a, a positive after the, you know, the horrendous start to the season, we've done so well to put ourselves in such a good position yeah. that you don't want to undo all that good work by then, you know, getting, taking it down to the last few games where again, you know, it's been bad enough the last few weeks, I think, having to look over our shoulders. Um, so, yeah, we certainly need to just to put that right and, and not have a repeat of two years ago.
0: What, I suppose, is the, um, the plus point to take from the Bolton game, and that's that Naki-Wells got himself on the score sheet and they say when you go for a difficult spell you take it off your backside, off your knee, off the back of your head, don't know anything about it, but he scored a fantastic goal and for him individually, while the result was disappointing, that will have done his confidence, I'd imagine, the world of good and we we know with, with Naki, he goes through a period of suddenly scoring a glut of goals. He, he did it for us earlier in this season, no coincidence, that it coincided with us going on a very good run and if he can find his goal scoring form again that we know he's got in him over the next seven games then you would think that will see us right
1: yeah delighted for Naki you know his goals have been a bit hard to come by but he's probably been mirrored the team really mm. just gone off the boil a little bit in terms of his goals and you know he's all round game but that's that goes right throughout the side I'm a big fan of Naki's so I've said and that. you have to say the fans have really yeah. stuck by him
0: and I yeah. think it's because they see the way, but see, the effort work, yeah. he puts, seeing see how everything else. Yeah.
1: See everything else he does. He's not just a bet. He is a goal scorer, but his game. There's so much yeah. more to his game than that. You know, works his socks off for the yeah. team. You know, from the front, he's, he's chasing, he's harrying, his link up playing, bringing people into the game is is really good. But ultimately, Naki will tell you. He'll be judged on goals. And I have to say, what a brilliant finish as well. Got a little bit of luck in the tackle, but you know, once he gets his head up, I'm right behind it. I know what he's aiming for and he gets it spot on. So uh, I say that will do him the world of good.
0: And um, now let's catch up with a player who his form has been crucial to us as well over the course of this season. During the good spell, you mentioned the win over Leeds, and he was certainly a major factor in that. Luke Freeman, who speak, spoke to us earlier today. Well, Luke, thanks very much for joining us on this week's Loftcast. And it's been a, a difficult week for the players, I'd imagine.
3: Yeah, no, it has definitely, um, obviously, unfortunately. But that's football for you, you know. You've got to kind of take it on the chin and, and uh, move on as best as you can.
0: How did the players find out? It happened on Monday morning. How did the players find out?
3: Uh, we had a team meeting, to be fair. And um, the gaffer came in, or Steve McCarron came in and just kind of said his goodbyes and said, look, it's kind of... I'm no longer the manager for you boys, and all the best. And it's one of them things where, unfortunately, football is a results business game, you know. And our run that we've been on speaks for itself. Um, I felt we've been massively unlucky with it, but you know, like I said, you you don't always get what you deserve sometimes. So yeah.
0: What's what was the reaction of the players when Steve McCarran told you?
3: Uh, I mean, obviously everyone was was obviously upset because no one wants to see anyone lose their job, you know. Um, And a big part of it was that the players were at fault for it because we're the ones that step over the white line and, and we didn't really produce enough um, so we kind of felt quite partly to blame for it you know but again it, it's all gone down to not, not try and it's just just sometimes you, you get yourself in these ruts and it's so hard to get yourself out.
0: And um, <coughs> since just bringing you in here like Luke said there there's a feeling of responsibility amongst the players who ultimately got the results or not got the results and it's led to the change in manager and from a player's point of view going back to your day is that something that you're familiar with and had experience of
1: yeah 100 percent. You, you know let's be clear it's never nice when you you lose a manager certainly if he's brought you to the club or if he's playing you you know you build up that affinity you build up that sort of um not friendship but you know what i'm trying to say so when someone loses his job you or i can speak from personal experiences I would, you know, self-reflect. You know, it's too late sometimes to save a manager, but you know what could I have done? Could I have done anything different? Uh, and I think that would probably go right through the group. So it's um, it's always a it's not a great time, uh, you know, when a manager comes in and says his goodbyes. But as Luke's quite rightly said, you know, uh, whatever you think of the decision, it's done, and you have to move on. And the nature of football is you're judged by what's happened in the previous weeks, but these boys will be judged on what they do on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I suppose ultimately in this day and age, the run that we have been on, one winning in 15, there always is that chance. So while it was disappointing, if you like, it's a great shock as well when the news came out.
3: Yeah, no, that's it. Like you said, you know, it's, uh, at the time it was tough to take, but it is football, unfortunately, for managers, and I think they all kind of know that. I think like how football is nowadays is... The, I don't know, the average time of a manager keeping his job is, is quite short so I, I think managers maybe know that probably more and can accept it maybe slightly more than, than players but um, yeah, you just got to roll your sleeves up and go again, you've know, you got to just stay positive and you've got to dust yourself down and, and, and go again for Norwich on Saturday.
0: Retirement for you is, we all hope, a long way off but is management something you'd consider down the line?
3: Uh, I don't think so. Not at the moment for me personally. <laughs> too insecure. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I think it's pretty too far down the line for me at the moment, but mm. I'm not sure if I'd uh if I didn't enjoy the stress as it seems to be for <laughs> as a manager. So um yeah, I couldn't tell you right now, but I'm not, not particularly sure.
0: John Eustace has been put in temporary charge of first team affairs. Um you've had your, your first proper training session with him, I'd I'd imagine Mondays was a little bit different with everything that was going on on the day so here we are speaking after training on Tuesday and your first full training session <laughs> with John obviously it's not an unfamiliar voice he, he takes a, a lot of the training sessions but how was today's?
3: Yeah that no, was good it was it was good high intensity which Tuesday day should be you know it's all about a work day Tuesday with, with Wednesdays off so so yeah no it was it was a lot of hard work um, but high intensity in good kind of a good kind of session I think the lads needed to get out there and, and kind of Get through their system and mm. such, and kind of like said, and, and get that out of your minds and moving on to Saturday. So, yeah, it was good, very good.
0: And if if you look at the, the recent run of results that we've just spoken about, do you feel that the fans have actually been quite patient during that period, even after the Rotherham game? And you guys went round and obviously disappointing result, and there was still the people that had, had stayed giving a reaction to the players as they walked around the pitch.
3: Yeah, no, they've been brilliant. And the thing is, like we've, we've the lads have spoken about, I think out of the 15 game. Or bad run that we've had, there's probably a good six or seven games there that we did not deserve to certainly lose. Mm. Maybe certainly, I think win, but at least get a draw. And I think you give us another six or seven points out of that kind of fifteen game period, you'd be sitting there and you probably wouldn't be wouldn't be having this conversation, you know. But it's just how it's been. It's certainly the worst bad luck I've ever had in nearly 300 games of playing football now in my career, I've never been this unlucky. I've, I've, mm. I've been on bad runs and deserve to be on bad yeah. runs and you can hold your hands up and go, look, to be fair, they've been a better side, us as a team, aren't they, at the moment, and you hold your hands up and say fair play, but to be this unlucky, I've never experienced it, so it's it's a new one for all of us to take really, because I think a lot of what we've been doing is right, we've not everyone's worked their socks, everyone's working as hard as what they can, but it's just not doesn't seem to be happening at the moment, I'm sure it will, obviously we'll make a point of it, but um, it's just been a tough one to take for us all.
0: Yeah, it must be a lot harder to take, like you say, if you're just not playing well and you you get what you deserve. When you feel you're not getting what you deserve, it it must be winding you up.
3: Yeah, that's it. See, I think we're all honest lads here, and I think when you lose games and you deserve to lose games, you'll sit there and go, well, we wasn't at it today, we don't deserve it, but when you generally feel like you're doing everything you possibly can, on the pitch, off the pitch, and even when you look at the game and you come and check out the stats and every single thing there is, majority of them games, I like said I said certainly at least six plus games of them. We've deserved mm-hmm. at least a point, maybe three. You know, and I think if you kinda of give us say minimum, six, seven points and what we've had, you know, you'd be sitting in the the, the whole season would be a lot different. So but it's football so it goes, you know, you've got to kinda of roll with the punches, but like I said, you've got to keep going. Experienced
1: player Luke, as you are now, and yep. probably are real shining light this season, if you like. You know, what do you, how do you see your role in the, you know, the the short term, the the next few, uh, sort of few weeks up until the season, and the the season as a whole. I think you've covered it there, but as an experienced player, are shining light. What's Luke Freeman's role in the coming weeks?
3: Um, I mean, it's quite, it's probably a bit of a transitional period for me because it's been the first probably year or two that I've actually been seen as that kind of experienced head now. You mm-hmm. know, so I mean, I, I forget sometimes. Well, I've played, well, I not made my career my day, at 15, so I have been around for longer than what it, what, it feels, what it looks at, sorry. So it's more just, I think, you know, just spreading that kind of confidence and faith throughout the team, you know? It's just like, you know, you need to kind would of... Would you,
1: just sorry about it in there, would you have something to say to the group at this sort of um, difficult time for everyone the difficult situation the run of form are you a voice in the dressing room i think it,
3: yeah i think i'd like to think i am as, as there is quite a few other lads that are and i think there's times where you you got to know your, your players need a maybe a kick up the, the backside and say come on you look you're miles better than what you're doing now you need to start pulling your finger out or you say you put your arm around someone and go look come on mate you know you know you've lost a bit of confidence but so it's knowing your players but i think like i said as a team we all know and we're all on the same same page you know we all know what needs to be done and um it makes everyone's kind of job a lot easier in these situations because there is no conflict throughout the whole team there is no kind of little pockets of groups over there and and people talking behind people's back we're all in it together so when there is a conversation it is as a team as a squad as as the staff you know so it's a lot easier uh, uh, being being where we are now where you look at some teams over the years where you'd imagine it's very toxic at this time you know and people are kind of bad mouthing each other or trying to stab each other in the back but it's completely not like that you know which is good so it makes a lot of things easier I think for us just to get out in the training field put the work in and just try and keep re-erecting what's going on what's not happened at the moment so yeah you're speaking
0: like a manager there yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, <sure laughs> are, yeah. knowing the players <laughs> um, this weekend is Norwich Live on Sky, the top of the table, they've been the, you know, the, the star team of the Championship this season. They've done very well and they've taken people by surprise as well. But I don't think people were expecting Norwich to, to do no. as well as they have done. Yeah. It's the ultimate test. Is this the perfect time for this sort of test or the worst time?
3: Um, I mean, listen, they're, they're like by far one of the best teams in the league, aren't they? So technically you look at you've got nothing to lose. You're playing one of the big teams mm. and the other hand you look at it and go, well, we've already done it to Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so let's do it again, you know. They've got a lot more well, I wouldn't say a lot more to lose, but they'll be feeling the pressure as much as we will, but in different kind of ways. Um we've just got to go there and embrace it, you know. I think that's the biggest biggest thing in football. I think if you kinda of let that fear factor take over you, I think that's when things go completely out the window. You gotta embrace the moment and the challenge, go, let's, let's go, let's let's go and enjoy it and try and make things happen because I think as soon as you kind of, you don't do that you end up not playing your game and things end up going worse and worse and worse so we've just got to go there, embrace it, be prepared to work hard and, uh, and like I said we've proved already this year we've done it so let's we'll see what happens.
0: Do you prefer this sort of test from your point of view? Do you prefer coming up against the, the best team?
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, you want to play against all the best teams, don't you? So you'd be lying if you said you don't. Uh, and I think as we are as a team, we, we suit being the underdog QPR. I think when we when we are given games that we should beat, I think that for some, whatever reason, it, it doesn't seem to happen. So for certain us as QPR suit being the underdog, and that is what we'll be Saturday, you know? So let's hope it works in our favour like it has done before.
0: And it seems to be the case with QPR going back as far as you want to go, that QPR have always been that underdog team. Is that something that you found when you played it for QPR? Yeah,
1: I think you're regarded as a when I played, you know, 20 odd years ago, whatever it was, um, we were always the small club in London, if you like. So when we came up against the likes of Chelsea mm. and Arsenal and Tottenham, no doubt about it, we would raise our game. And then when you start to beat them and you become top London club, so to speak, you know, that brings another pressure. So Luke's, Luke's quite right. I think we've come up short this year where the expectancy has been on us. We're far yeah. better against it. I thought we were brilliant against Leeds. He, he's sitting alongside us. Not because he's sitting there. He was brilliant against Leeds. You know, it's the it's the games that we'll write down and cover later on, you know, where everyone turns up and expects us to win. Certainly at Loftus Road, that hasn't quite happened. So uh, so personally, yeah, I, would, I, I always used to prefer the bigger games.
0: I suppose that's the biggest frustration as well when we are when we're at it and we, we beat a team like Leeds or we beat Aston Villa so well earlier in the season, mm. you look at those games and go, when we're at it, we are so capable. Yeah, yeah. It must make life more frustrating.
3: Yeah, it is. It generally is because I think, like, naturally in football, you lose confidence, you know, um, it, and when you kind of go on the run, you do, it takes more than just a batter, and it? it really kind of drops you to a level that's, that's low, you know, and it's hard to try and sometimes get yourself out of that. But I think we've just got to try and find that winning way again, I think because it's been so long or so far and few between mm. we've lost how to find that winning way and, and what it feels like so I think almost like you have to be careful in these runs that you don't get caught up in just accepting oh here we go we're one nil down again and just accept it you know I think it's kind of you've got to try and somehow try and find that kind of way we go All right let's go lads let's make a point of game management or if we do go a goal up and hold on to it and do, which we've done you know so But that just all goes down to confidence. And I think as a squad, it's just taken a a big battering, you know, and sometimes it's hard to kind of, to do that, to get that winning way again. So, yeah.
0: Um, For you, is it difficult to take personal plaudits when the season hasn't gone well, but for you personally, you've had a a very, very good season.
3: Yeah, but listen, like I said before, the most important thing is, is, is really the team and doing what we need to do. We, we need to pick up some points and I've got a lot, I believe we will do it, I know we'll do it, you know. So it's, it, that massively gets put on the back burner, yeah. For me, it's all about the team and what we need to do as a team first. And then at the end of the season, if you want to sit back and when you're on the beach somewhere hopefully and you, yeah. you've done your job, then you can go, yeah, I've not had a, I've had a bad season. So for me at the moment, it's just all about the team. Like you all, all the lads will say the same thing and doing what we need to do as a team, so yeah.
0: Okay, just finally then, how do you think we'll approach Saturday's game against Norwich?
3: Uh, well, we'll go, we'll come in obviously with with uh, the and guards and that. And we'll certainly have a game plan. We'll be working on that for the rest of the week, you know. So um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh, we've just had a good training today. Was all about, like I said, just just getting some some like fitness in your legs and intensity. And and we'll go into the tactical stuff a bit more later on in the week. So. We'll certainly be doing that for the rest of the week and then it'll be down to just uh, count countdown to the game. So yeah.
0: Listen, thanks for joining
3: us. Cheers. Cheers, Best of luck on much. Saturday. Cheers. Good luck,
0: Luke. Great to get the thoughts there of Luke Freeman and interesting as well how he spoke about the, the reaction of the players to Stephen McCarron going as well. There is a real sense of a responsibility from the players and like you mentioned while we were talking with him, it's something that you understand. Is there a particular example from your playing days where a manager has gone and the dressing room has felt, um, I'm sure there are situations where manager leaves a club and and players are quite happy to see him leave, but there's also situations, and I think that's the case with Steve McLaren's departure, there's a a disappointment and understanding over why the decision has been made, but there is certainly a, a feeling that you get from the way Luke was speaking that it was a, of responsibility from the players
1: yeah I was quite I think that's why I asked him the question there you know, because going back to my career you know I look at someone I really admire Jerry Francis not when he was here but I had him at Tottenham and things were going really bad you know we had been on the back of a couple of heavy defeats and you could see it was getting to Jerry and I think either Alan Sugar called time or they came to some sort of agreement with Jerry stepped down and for what Jerry had in the dressing room it should have been doing a lot better and I can my mind, equate that to what's happening here QPR. Let's get some realism on this. I don't think, and I'm here to be shot at, I don't think we're a top-six side, but I think we're better than what we're showing at this minute in time. So that's where the players, as well, have to take some responsibility. They now have to stand up and be counted. And, you know, we're living a day and age in football's the manager carries the can, and rightly so. You know, he's at the, he's at the helm but sometimes the players need to have a look at themselves. I'm not criticising them in a roundabout way, I am. But as I say, we're better than what we're showing. Now the players need to go on the pitch, step forward, puff their chest out and meet the challenge head on.
0: How do you think John Eustace is going to approach Saturday's game at Norwich? I mean, there'll be a, a temptation to sit deep and try to defend from the off. Will there be a temptation to go against that and show what we can do? Will he adopt a similar approach to... Steve McLaren's approach thus far. Will he put? I'd imagine he'll put his own, his own.
1: Yeah, put his own stamp on, it. on yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put his own stamp on it. First and foremost, the run that we're on, John. I guarantee he will be saying and what he should be saying. We need to go to Norwich and keep it tight in the first fifteen minutes. Let's not be really defensive. Let's not defend our box with ten players and invite them on. But we cannot give anything away. I've already mentioned the previous mm. the five or six games where we've. Put yourself on the back foot before the game's even got started. So that's key, how we start the game. Norwich are going to dominate possession. I think they had 71% in the first half when they came off Loftus Road. And that's before they hit the heights they were doing. They're winning games, they're scoring lots of goals. So we're going to have to accept that we might spend large portions of the game out of possession. It's important that we stay compact. But when you're out of possession, you always have to have a threat. Now, whether that's pace on the break, whether that's hitting the big target man, whether that's Naki Wells running in behind. Uh, we have to have, counteract what Norwich are going to do, but how can we impose ourselves on them? So that's the test for us. We're going to a team who, you know, won seven in a row, top of the league, five points clear, flying. <laughs> um, so you couldn't ask for, couldn't ask for a more difficult game.
0: Well, I will ask you not to do the speech <laughs> just before they <I> go out <laughs> for kickoff,
1: but I think it's a great game. I really think it's a great game because, as I said, no one gives us a prayer. We can throw off the shackles. If you get beat, people might say the form they're on and the form we're on. We expected that. Anything we get is a bonus. So come on, let's have a crack at it. Let's get a smile on your face. Let's be nice and bright. Put the troubles of the last few months behind us, if you can, and go and be brave. Go and be prepared to make mistakes. It's, a, it's when you're scared to make a mistake, mm. I'll tell you what, you'll make it. Yeah. So just go and play. Go and show what we have done in many games this season.
0: In a bizarre way, if you were John Eustace, would you prefer this game to be your first game rather than Millwall away on Wednesday being I your would. first game?
1: I would. I would probably prefer it to having someone like Rodrum at home as well mm. with the run that we're on. You know, where everyone expects you because of the opposition, because of the name. You know what, we're are, we'll just turn up and win. It doesn't work like that. Got to earn every point that you get, and we found ourselves that's probably where we've struggled. That's probably why we're having the conversation regarding the change of manager. Because at home, since the new year, we've struggled to beat teams in the lower half of the table, and certainly the last three games. You're Stoke, when they're down to 10 men, where you've struggled to make a chance. Rotherham and Bolton, that's probably been the key factor in the decision making.
0: The two teams who are bottom of the league are Ipswich and Bolton. And both of them have conceded less goals at home than top of the table Norwich, which is an incredible stat. Norwich have conceded 29 goals at Carrow Road in 19 league games, Ipswich 27, Bolton 28. Is that a glimmer of hope for us Watto?
2: It's got to be, hasn't it? But (laughs) then I'm just waiting for you to say, because then all I'm thinking is they must have scored a hell of a lot of goals if they conceded that many. But I mean, it is, it's got to be. Obviously, they're you know they're a team. Obviously, we've seen a lot of their games. You know where they've had four threes and three fours and last minute winners mm. and comebacks. So you know, I mean, it's strange because like like since said when they came to us, um, they won one nil that day. Um, I can't remember where they were in the table, but they certainly weren't weren't I mean, top six or seventh, I think, yeah. weren't they? And they weren't you know you know weren't that was the start of their yeah. run, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, just
0: at that period they went on that incredible run.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you look at the stats and you know obviously that's obviously they obviously haven't got the tightest defence and um, I'm sure on the flip side they'll they'll score a lot of goals but you know it, it, it is a good game for us because all the expectation will be for Norwich to turn up and, and beat us comfortably but you know we've I remember when we went to Bristol City and they I think they'd won eight or nine mm. at home in a row um, were flying in the in the top six and but for that penalty decision and the, the very last minute we would have you know we were winning that game for, for long periods and but for that penalty decision we would have come away with a a brilliant point which would have been you know that was during that that February run so we've just got to go they've got no no pressure on us nothing to lose and give it our best shot.
1: That's what I was trying to say before Paul I think we accept that Norwich are going to have the lion's share possession but if you've got a team that's good in possession you have to try and not let them have loads of possession you have to go and stop them like we did against Leeds go on go right up against them make the game hot unsettle them don't give them time and as I say we almost, we have to carry a threat, so if they've got a lot of possession, we're trying to stop them, but we must have, when we win it, what's our out, what's our target, what's, where are we going to hurt them? Don't just go in 10 miles behind the ball and try and hang on. You have to spend a bit of the time, a bit of the game doing that, but when we win it, where can we hurt them and get people being prepared to do that, so bring it on.
0: Well, like you say, uh, Walter, you're quite right on the flip side. They have been a uh, free scoring at Carrow Road. Only two teams have actually scored more at home than Norwich. Norwich have got 41 goals in those 19 games, conceded 29. So uh, put your money on a nil-nil then this weekend. But there should, there should be goals uh, this weekend when QBR travelled to Norwich. Just finally then, since as we focus on that game, who are the players to watch as you prepare uh, for kickoff?
1: we got the league's top scorer... Timu Puki, you know, Finnish international. I have to say, I'd heard a little bit about him, but not a great deal before the start of the season. 24 league goals. Um, but you know, they've got quality right throughout their side, so um, got to respect them for that. They're not five points clear by luck or by fluke. They've earned that. You know, they've done brilliantly. But it's after us, can we go and get something that we can build on for the remaining seven games of the season because I feel it's really important that we finish the season well and strong and we can take that into the summer and beyond.
0: Let's hope so. Since, Watto, thanks for joining us and thanks for listening to The Loftcast. We'll be back next week to discuss the Carrow Road adventure and to preview Millwall and Swansea.